Welcome back to Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and true crime. I'm Sloan, your bartender. And I'm Trish, your crime tender. Today we're bringing you the story of Lorena Lorena Extravaganza. I would love to try to pronounce her last name, but I know I'm going to butcher it. Uh, Escalara. We both took Spanish. Trish is more educated with Spanish (laughs) than I am. So, yes. But that is our story for today. It is a... Like, how do you even address... It is a, like, LGBTQ transsexual woman that was murdered. Um, So, this is definitely going to be very heavy and very delicate. And I do not want to try to address it as anything other than that. Um, so yeah, we're just going to get into the episode. to another round of bartending with Sloan. Before we get into the alcohol, I kind of want to just touch base with you because it's been a couple it's, of weeks since we've been here. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been busy and hectic as life tends to get. We uh, also had Sloan's birthday in the mix. <laughs> yes, that's what I was about to get into. And so Trish for my birthday took me to New Orleans and you've li- if you've listened to us before, you know that New Orleans is our heart and soul, our local heart and soul at least, local-ish. It's about two hours away from us, but we do not make it near as often as we would love to. So I was very grateful that she took me for my birthday. She wasn't the only person to go. I had a big group of friends that went with us to celebrate. Trish got her and I a hotel room, and so... We went very early in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> we probably would have gone earlier if we would have communicated. But it's fine. Look, here's the thing. I was up at 3 a.m. ready to go party. <laughs> she was up at... She I was like 5. She was up at 5. I texted her at 6 and I was like, hey, I'm ready to go. We got there at 9 a.m. Wasn't shit open. <laughs> so, like, yes, we could have gotten there earlier. There wouldn't have been much else to do. Yeah. So... But also, we just love being in the city, and I don't know, it truly We just, walked a whole lot. <laughs> like, 15 miles. Yeah. I gave myself two of the biggest blisters that I had ever had in my life. I didn't even know that you could get blisters on the bottom of your feet. <laughs> I thought it was just, like, your heels. But no, I had horrible blisters on the bottom of my feet. I had... This is going to be such a long bartender intro, but here yeah, we go. it's fine. I recently bought Crocs, and I have always said that I would never, ever, ever own a pair of Crocs, but here's the deal. I have been in the service industry for over 10 years now, and my feet and my body, they hurt. And so I saw a TikTok where I learn everything, saying that if you have feet problems, try wearing Crocs at home instead of slippers. So I bought a pair of furry-lined Croc (laughs) sandals to wear his slippers around my house. She literally wears them everywhere. They, anytime I wear my other shoes, they hurt. 
my my regular sandals they hurt my sneakers they hurt my gym shoes they hurt my work shoes they hurt the only shoes that do not hurt my feet are my crocs and i am embarrassed to admit it and i'm embarrassed to be seen in them but if you saw me right now i have on socks and my sandal crocs i look fly as fuck let me tell you but my feet do not hurt and that's what matters so when when we went to new orleans i was like look here's the thing I know that the only shoes that don't hurt my feet are my Crocs, so I'm going to wear them during the daytime, even though do not wear open-toed shoes to New Orleans. It does not matter what time of day it is. It's disgusting. Yes. I'm fully aware. I've stepped in plenty of puddles to prove it. However, I was fine until I swapped into my sneakers for the night because I was going to be drinking, walking around Bourbon Street with said nasty-ass puddles filled with liquor and piss. So... (laughs) I changed into the sneakers, and those were what gave me the fucking blisters. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was a lose-lose situation for me. And so, anyways, we went... We had a good time, though. We went to the uh, Museum of Death before... Before, like, our friends got there, and that was fun for us. It was so much fun, and one of our... As weird as that sounds. (laughs) Well, and also, asterisk, not all of our friends... As we've mentioned on this podcast before, we have a Lyoya shrimp boy. He is one of our co-workers, Trisha's ex-co-worker, my co- current co-worker. But he came down to New Orleans for my birthday. He got there the earliest out of all of them. And he was like, where are you at? We were like, Museum of Death. And so we were there hanging out. We were almost done. Everybody else started arriving. We went to go meet them because he still hadn't contacted us, didn't let us know that he was there or anything. And so we end up back at the parking lot. We see his car is there, but we did not see him on the way back to the car or anything. And I'm Me like, being the crime junkie, I was like, oh, hell, he got sex trafficked already. I was like, damn, he got kidnapped. <laughs> Shit, yes. So we went and we looked at his car and we, well, we looked at the car that we thought was his. And our friend Logan was like, that's definitely his car. There's an empty monster can. And I said, well, that could be it. And he goes, and she goes, and there's mail with his name on it. And I was like, fuck. Where is he? Where did he go? He, he was, was in the a, museum of death. <laughs> he was like, I did a little towards you. And I was like, okay. And that's <laughs> supposed to make me turn and like acknowledge you? Like say my name. Something. Damn. But also we are females in this society where if somebody just pssst or whispers at me or something, I'm probably not going to pay you attention. I'm not going to pay attention to cat calls. Nothing like that, because especially in a city, it can get you into trouble real quick. Yes. But most of all, I didn't even hear him. Yeah, honestly, I didn't hear a psst or anything. And I was just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but this dude that he I, loved it. Though. I, I, I did not think he would, but he enjoyed it so much. And let me tell you why. You walk in and there were like different skeletons of different dead animals. And that part was. And even some human things. Like yeah. they did have some like, I, I think they had like the human skull or so. I don't know. There was a they human They had skull. like some body part, like some like long eyeballs and stuff like that. And it was like, you're sitting there going, did not expect us to look that much like this animal. <laughs> right, right. And there was a hippopotamus skull. That was very interesting. Yes. I think I was as big as the hippopotamus <laughs> skull. 
But then you get past that little part, and then you get into the serial killers, and then that was where we were both like, ooh, Mm -hmm. did we do this person? Did we do that person? There was like an A to Z alphabet, and it was just very interesting to see all of this. And in the museum, you could also see letters from the serial killers that were written to different people. You could see- There were crime scene photos. Like, we saw ones from the OJ crime that we had never seen before. That have not been released to the public. They were they were graphic, but I like, didn't notice ooh. before I saw it. <laughs> we were like, "Shit!" Yeah, and that was past the this other section. But like, there were also health records from some yes. of the inmates while they were artwork. in jail. Artwork, song lyrics, Just, poetry. It was insane. Like the things they had, I was like, "What the hell?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then you moved on from the serial killers, then and there was, was taxidermy. Yeah, it got into like. Um, the embalming process and that but then you circled back to kind of more like true crime right. stuff but it was just one of the crazy. other one of the other things that I found very interesting was there was like this back movie theater style room they had all these old newspapers of the like, original copies you could tell that they yeah. if they weren't original they were photocopied around the time the originals were made because they were very much like but it was things from like the Beatles um, like John Lennon's murder there was Elvis the Nox- Presley the Nazi era the whole World War Two. yeah like it was crazy to see these newspapers and like people say that you know you turn on the news today and that's all you see I'm like but you don't see that in the paper you get the paper you don't get that this is front page and it's like mm-hmm 30 people killed in a bomb attack. Yes. It's like, what the fuck? Which also brings me to, as soon as you come out of that room, there is a whole other case. There's cases from Florida where they were just regular car wrecks. And on the front page of the newspaper, there were there were uh, photos of these bodies yes, from the wreck. Before they changed, like... And it had a whole thing talking about when they changed newspaper ethics. Uh, or, not ethics. Just eth- like... How the press, well, how the press was able to, like, get release. photos and release things and that. And it was just, it was crazy. And then, like we said, it circled back to even, like, more serial killers and stuff well, like that. You circle back was, to the bombings. Ooh. You come, first, before you hit back to the serial killers, you come to the bombings. Like, World War Two, the, um... Timothy and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it was just... It was a very, like, we definitely could have spent more time, but like we said, we had people starting to arrive, so we're like, all right, we they had to finish a, this up. They had a binder dedicated to the DC snipers. They had one for Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Which we could not, because it was a lot of his medical stuff and that, and we could not understand it, but, like, it was just still interesting well, the to hand sit writing, there and see. The handwriting was just Ill- illegible, like, it was yeah. word. Um, but it was just so interesting to see all this stuff, but, like... You can research, but you won't come across it. But then you can go to this, like, museum in New Orleans that is, like, a one-room thing. And it's got so much stuff. And I was sitting there the whole time. I'm like, I wonder how a New Orleans museum came across this. And then at the very end, you find out that there is one other location, and it's in Hollywood. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. Because there was also a whole section dedicated to the Manson murders. I wanted to know where... um, Israel Keys like thing was because man I feel that man could have a whole museum. 
He could. He could. And he's a whole other interesting case that we will eventually gather enough balls up to cover. But the thing is, is if you really notice, like, the last case that they truly covered was probably the early 2000s. And Israel Keys is a very recent case. Like, before COVID. He's one that, when you get into it, he just fucks with you so much. And then even when he was finally caught, he continues to fuck with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Up until the very end. And we'll leave that up to <laughs> that will, your like research said, or our research. You whatever happens first. If you haven't heard about him before, eventually, like I said, we'll get to it. And that is a whole nother thing. Yes, yes. So, that was the Death Museum. <laughs> that was only like, said, like... We had a lot of fun there. <laughs> that was only like 30 to 45 minutes of our day. And it's taken up a lot of your day at this point, too. But we had a great time. We had a lot of people that joined us. We hit up Bourbon Street, of course. We went to the French French Market. Market. And if you go to New Orleans, like, I highly suggest going to the French Market. It's just a cool experience. It would be great to be able to spend a whole weekend down there so that we could do, like, stuff other than bourbon. It's just, it's expensive. Yeah, and every time we go, it's just so far in between trips that we're like, we have to do bourbon. But, like, the Garden District is phenomenal. Uh, we really wanted to do the aquarium while we were there, but it's closed it's still for renovations. Closed for renovations, so it's not worth it to go. It'll open up uh, this it's summer. To open up this summer, so we'll probably go back. Yeah, we'll definitely very go back soon. Sometime. Oh, <laughs> I, I was saying probably go back soon. Like yeah, we'll definitely go back sometime here in this year. It's just when. Yes, and money. Um, but yeah, so we did the French Market, which has like food stands that you can buy local food at and then they have vendors yes it's just a really cool unique experience and then from there we just kind of like walked around had a good time all over like great birthday and then the next day we came home and logan hosted a potato ho party for me man sloan did try to like walk around bourbon a little bit the next day but like it was also a sunday so like everything's slow at opening up we were both just like I'm tired. <laughs> we got breakfast and then we were like kind of walking. We're like, we'll see if we want to stop anywhere. We're both like, I mean, here's the road for the car. <laughs> and this is another asterisk little like if you're going to New Orleans, we had Daisy Dukes for breakfast. It was really freaking good. Like if you yeah. want classic Southern breakfast, Daisy Dukes is great. Trish got the biscuit and it was oh huge and God, fluffy. It was so good. It was the breakfast sandwich on a biscuit. Oh yes. my God. That I got biscuit alone. I got a vegetable omelet and it was still phenomenal, but we were waiting in line for this place and somebody came out of the hotel next door and was like, was like the place next door is better. And we were like, damn. But the line at this place was a little bit shorter than they were both they were at about the same faster. time. And I was about to be like, look, I'll go stand in the line across the street. You stay here. Whoever gets that first, that's where we'll eat. But the other place that we wanted to eat at was the place that I was originally trying to go to. And I cannot remember the name of it right now. Yeah, I can't. something funky diner. Yeah. But they, if you are looking for more um, like sugary breakfast, they had like a fruity pebbles French toast. Yeah, they had like the more like bananas foster free like yeah. stuff. Yes. So I do think it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Daisy Dukes was definitely more of like your like, southern. The last time breakfast. we went, we found that one breakfast cable place car that was so streetcar good. cafe. Streetcar cafe, so good. It's so, on Magazine Street or something like yeah. that. Yeah, 
So, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of places you can go and it's just depending on what you're looking for and how much you're willing to spend. But like, if you're surviving on like bourbon or around bourbon, it's because you have good food. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to say all of that, like say Daisy Dukes, highly recommend. And the dude at the hotel that said the other place was better. I'm going to go with his word and say, yeah, you should probably try that if you want more of like a sugar, sh sugary slash quirky breakfast. Because they did have like, yeah, they had classic weirder too. things, but like Daisy Dukes is your breakfast sandwich, omelets, like stuff like that. And if you like Bloody Marys, they do unlimited Bloody Marys as long as you buy an entree. We're not Bloody Mary we, fans. We did but our mimosas. <laughs> yes. Yes. But all in all, New Orleans showed us a great time. I feel like some people would say New Orleans won this time around because I was beat up by the time <laughs> I left. But I still won because I got to go to New Orleans. <laughs> the one thing, our hotel, like, they had parking, but it's like you either had to pay for the parking and then, like, you didn't have to pay, like, a little deposit thing for any like possible damages or it was like vice versa you didn't pay for the parking and they held like $50 for possible damages but I was just like we parked down the road where it was like I think it was like $10 cheaper than what our hotel was offering and it was fine except for like that walk like on the night after bourbon felt like the longest walk ever I feel like the morning after. Yeah. We were both just like, are we there? This did not feel that long yesterday. It was only three blocks away from the <laughs> it hotel. Felt so long. I wish I would have <laughs> called an Uber. I never felt so old in my life. <laughs> like, I felt like I should have gone and gotten the car without like anything to then just like come pick up Sloan and our stuff. We should have done that. Yes. Amen. <laughs> there were women sitting on the step stoop whenever we, the stoops, the, what you know yeah. what I'm talking about, whenever we left. And I was like, y'all are dumb. <laughs> and then a <laughs> block later. Even, like a block down. We got past the park, which is literally right next to the hotel we stayed at. And then we were both like, no, we Shit. probably hit the park. And we were like, we <laughs> fucked up. We fucked up. And then also, if you are somebody that drives to New Orleans, I'm not telling you to commit a crime by driving across state lines with liquor, but we stopped at Total Wine Liquor Store. <laughs> we don't have one here in Alabama because Alabama there's has one horrible in, liquor There's laws. one in Pensacola, but we haven't been to that one. But I've heard that the one in New Orleans is way better, but still. Metairie, if you're from New Orleans, don't yell at yeah. us, please. We know where it is. So, like, yeah, the one that's in Louisiana, like, by New Orleans is better. But I've not it been to the one huge. in Pensacola. But, like, it's just... I felt like a kid in a candy store. We were walking around going, ooh, ooh, look at that. Ooh, look at that. So much fun. We found our uh, Smirnoff... Uh, Tamarind or tamarindo? Yeah, I, I know I'm butchering it. I know the I the like spicy sweet Mango, like yeah. vodka that we love. We found that. We found the big one for twenty bucks. We were like sold, <laughs> which is pretty much what we paid for the small bottle here in Alabama. So definitely, uh, if you have a total wine, check it out. They and won't count go. Your blessings. They will not go anywhere that has state controlled liquor, so they will never come to Alabama. 
That's okay. Pensacola is not that far away. Yeah. But anyways, that is my birthday trip. We had fun. <laughs> this is the longest bartending I intro know. we've ever had. But I we forgot to address month, it. We had a month long like hiatus, basically. I'm sorry. And we usually address this stuff in the intro intro. And I just kind of yeah. zooted <laughs> on past. Anyways, also on the note of New Orleans, while we were there, we did go to one bar. And I'm only going to name it to tell you not to go there. Because we had horrible. a horrible experience. Absolutely horrible. We went to the Coyote Ugly. Which is so sad because the last time we went, we had a great time. Phenomenal time. The bartender was great. I'm not even going to go into the details of this, but we had a horrible experience. Absolutely terrible. We had a horrible experience. And then we went on Google and we found out that they are basically committing credit card fraud as well. So all of that to say, please don't go to the New Orleans We were there for like 20, 25 minutes and me and Sloan both never got an actual drink. We were the first to order. But once again, not going into that, I'm not I'm anyways. Yeah. But one I'm of our friends that is literally <laughs> one of the few of us that did get drinks that day bought a vodka sprite that I had been dying to try. I have seen this vodka at our friend's liquor store for like the past two years. I kept saying I was gonna get it. I didn't want to waste my money on it, so I didn't get it. And then my friend at Coyote Ugly was like, I'm going to get that just to sip on a drink. And she paid more for her one drink than I paid for my whole bottle. Yeah. That's another thing. They're stupid expensive. Yeah. But this is the Three Olives. That's the brand. And it's called Loopy. It's a Fruit Loop. It's a Fruit Loop Vodka. We paired it with Sprite at the bar. I've paired it with Sprite today. It's still just as good as it was back then, like a week ago at my birthday. That's what back then means right now. <laughs> but I highly recommend this vodka if you're a big, like, Fruit Loops, Fruity Pebbles fan, Stan. Yes. This is a great vodka for you. Three Olives is a pretty decent, cheaply priced vodka, in my opinion. Yeah. I didn't even want to try it because it was so cheap. And that's why I never bought the bottle. But I'm very impressed with this drink. It's super easy. It's easy to mix I mean, together. You can make it however strong you want it. Yeah. I'm going to try this with a sour mix at some point. I think that's going to be really good. I also think that it would be good with fruit juices. Yeah. I'll try it with a few different things. But we've tried it with Sprite. So far, I'm just obsessed with the Sprite and the vodka, which is something easy to do while you're out. And if you're out at a bar and you see this, and maybe if you're trying to save, like, some calories or whatever, then even trying this with club soda would be delicious. Yeah, because club soda still has a little bit more flavor than, like, soda water or anything like that. Right. Sprite adds a little bit of flavor to this drink, but mostly the vodka carries it. Yes. For sure. I highly, highly recommend this vodka. I highly do not recommend going to Coyote Ugly (laughs) in New Orleans. And we'll get on to the case. Case. Oh, also, I feel like the fruity, the the loopy vodka is good for this being an LGBTQ. There you go. We're circling it back. There we go. All right. So, as we said way long ago in this introduction, 
today's case is that of Lorena Escalara or Extravaganza. It depends on um, how you might know her as, if you even know her. And yes, I'm saying her because she was a transgender and her pronouns in all the articles and even like her um, drag house used her. So that is what I'm saying. If it's not that, I apologize. That's what I, I was pretty much picking up on from all the articles. But Lorena was born in Puerto Rico. And she moved to New York when she was 18. And there's when she got her reassignment surgery and everything. So when she was in Puerto Rico, she was still technically male. But she knew that, like, that was a goal of hers to get her reassignment. In Puerto Rico, she worked as a makeup artist, but wanted to broaden her career in New York. She wished to become a model and a performer. And once she arrived in New York, she joined the renowned performance house, the House of Estravaganza. I feel like one of their members, or maybe two, have been on RuPaul. Possible. Which, probably. I love me some RuPaul Drag Race. You have to get past the uh, first, like, few seasons because the production that is horrendous. But the, like, newer ones are definitely more well put together. <laughs> but I, I've always loved me some drag queens. I'm also very jealous of the fact of, like, they can, like, transform their whole face and I'm, like, struggling here to make myself like kind of look a little different <laughs> i don't want to look different. i don't want to look different but like i would love to like contour like they do i never want to look different i love to enhance yeah but it's just it's crazy to me that think, like they can literally the color corrections and contouring that they do i'm like how the fuck do you do that no, they definitely change. 1,000%. <laughs> like, how how do you do that? Because, man, there are times that sometimes I'll have a breakout and I'll be like, fuck, I can't even get this pimple to be covered. <laughs> they definitely change, like, their features and everything. But I also want to be very clear that I care about vocabulary here and the way that you speak to yourself matters. And so, like... As women, I just want to say, like, the goal of makeup should be to enhance what you love about yourself. Yeah. And yes, you can be a woman that does drag. You can be a man that does drag. Like, I'm not trying to sound ignorant by any means. But there's also, like, a line There's there. a difference between everyday makeup and drag makeup. Yes, that too. <laughs> there's a difference between the two and even like drag queens will tell you that there's a difference. Yes. Because even if you see them out of like drag, yes, they'll be sometimes wearing makeup, but it's just like light, like daily makeup. Yeah. Like what we wear. 
It's just stuff that maybe covers up a blemish or two, which like, is why gives them a little said, color. Which is why whenever you said like whenever I do my makeup, I try to change things, and I'm like, eh, it's not the same. <laughs> so, like I get where you're going with it, but it's not the same, and that is a conversation to be had on both ends of things. Like for me to be a woman talking to an audience, like I want for girls and women to know that you are beautiful as you are, and if you use makeup, it's to, to enhance. And then on the flip side of the coin, we can have another conversation about drag and drag makeup and be like, one, it is absolutely okay for this to exist in our world or yeah. for people to love it. And two, there is a very specific like guideline for drag makeup. Yes. There are men that do drag and they do drag very well. And then there is a minority of women that also do drag. And like you said, their drag makeup is very different from daily makeup. Yes. So it's just... Yeah, it's just, it's, it always amazed me, like, you'll see them, like, in their regular, like, day-to-day face, and then you'll see their drag face, and you're like, what the fuck, that is not the same person. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it always amazes me. I'm like, how the mm-hmm. hell did you do that? Because I'm struggling over here. <laughs> one, of, one of my co-workers at my last job, her uncle was a drag queen at Pensacola, emerald city before it shut down hey (laughs) and like i met him at the drag show and then we met up for brunch the next day and she like what what the fuck she was like this is my uncle and i was like excuse me (laughs) you you were reba last night singing (laughs) i'm a survivor and fancy and now you're yeah, he's brunette half the time going, what the hell? You're brunette with very masculine features sitting across from me right now. <laughs> but last night you were Reba. Yeah. Like Reba, said, like with red hair. and It amazes me. And like the fact that, you know, a good majority of them don't deal with any like sort of prosthetic or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just them that good with makeup. I'm like, props to you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I can put I on mascara. Never. <laughs> I can put on mascara and that's about it. Uh, Anything else is a chance. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, that looked good. Let's try to recreate that. Even the mascara is sometimes a chance <laughs> because sometimes I end up wearing half of it on my upper eyelid. Oh, I just, Lord. growing up, I, not growing up, I've always had freckles and growing up, I always had women tell me, enjoy your freckles while you can. You're going to hate them when you're older. You're going to want to cover them up with makeup. And so I grew up being told that and I've never wanted to cover my freckles with makeup and I still don't. I'm fucking 32 years old and I still, yeah. I do not wear makeup because I guess people told me I was always going to want to wear makeup. Yeah. You don't have oh, to wear makeup. I like having like, there are some days, like, I won't do anything, but for the most part, when I go work and that, I like to have something. I, just, just, I think it depends on the person. I agree. Even whenever I wear makeup, it's usually eye. Like, I never wear base and yeah. all that. Like, nah, I do it all. I used, to, <laughs> I used to love wearing blush, too, but then we started wearing masks, yeah. and I still wear my mask. <laughs> So off track. I'm sorry. It's fine. But I guess circling back to our story. Right, right, right. So, yes, Lorena was born in Puerto Rico, moved to New York, wanted to become more than just a makeup artist. So she joined the house Estravaganza and she became like a 
performer and a model and everything. Now, if the house extravaganza sounds familiar to you, it's either because you might know a member from the house or you know them from a like somewhat famous documentary in the 1990s called Paris is Burning. And there it kind of goes into like some background of the house, but also focuses on another transgender member. And I'll get into that a little later, but I didn't want to focus on that too much right now because I didn't want to take away from Lorena. So as I said, Lorena was a transgender performer. She began walking at balls and competing for prizes. She picked the name Lorena, I think is how it's pronounced, but it was Lorena Extravaganza. So it wasn't too different from her actual name. Um, and fans knew her as that. She also worked as a model, but it's not really known to the public what she modeled for. And I think that is probably because at the time that she was doing it, you didn't really talk about transgender as much. Like, we knew it existed, but you didn't say, oh yeah, that's a transgender model modeling that. And now you got a whole ass group of people boycotting a beer brand. Well, they were. <laughs> they were. And you still have some that are. But then as soon as it came out that, oh, they are a big supporter of m- the majority of those that are boycotting this party. It was like suddenly, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. You made a mistake. We'll just, you know, forget about that. And we'll go back to drinking what, what you uh, put out there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And we're the sensitive ones. We're the snowflakes. (laughs) You can literally have one person that literally a beer can is like they put a face on the beer can that they send to them personally. And suddenly we have to boycott the whole thing. Okay. But anything that made me want to drink Bud Light and I hate Bud Light. (laughs) They sent her one six pack. Or like With one her face pack. on it. One. And that was it. It wasn't made a mass thing. It was mainly, it was sent to her, but still, we're gonna, we're gonna boycott. Okay. Whatever. I, I just loved, like, watching the people, like, either throw away or, like, shoot up, like, the stuff that they had already bought. I'm like, rock. you literally purchased that. It does nothing. They have your money. Kid Rock. Kid Rock. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> look look it uh. up. Look up Kid Rock Bud Light. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I mean I haven't been a Kid Rock fan in a while, so I know uh, you were you were still holding on hope and it wasn't that I was holding on hope. It's that sometimes you're raised on something. And my mom was a huge Kid Rock fan. If, and if you know anything, I am not in contact with my mom. Like, yeah. So that's clue number one. But fucking, uh, when a mom, a bang, a bang, diggy, 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 says a boogie, says a boogie. Like, I love me some Kid Rock. And I hate to say that now, 
I mean, I hated to say it before, but like, especially now because he's a bigoted piece of shit. I mean, I was always like, country music was always my, like, it was what my family always could agree to listen to. And that, and then fucking Travis Tritt, who no one's heard from for how long. Who like, is that? Fuck, the last <laughs> time, I think the last song that anybody really truly knows from him is the It's a Great Day to Be Alive song. If I played it for you, you'd probably It's know. gonna be alive right about now. No, that that's is Andy Grammer. I was like, that's the only one that comes to mind. <laughs> Andy Grammer. But it's the It's a Great Day to Be Alive. <laughs> If I would play it, you'd probably know it. Probably. But, like, yeah. That is the last song I feel like anybody truly knows from this man. And what's worse is when Caitlyn Jenner came out, he was like, it's so great. And it must be so empowering for someone to come out and be, like, their true selves and that. And then he went, because he waited for, like, people like Kid Rock and that to come out and be like, yeah, fuck Bud Light, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, I'm removing all Anheimer, Anheuser-Busch-like products from my tour and that. And it's like, you're still fucking touring? Who the fuck are you? The only people that know you are people that know 90s country. <laughs> I was like, damn, Travis. I, I can't listen to your song anymore. <laughs> I know Your about one song. I know about 90s country and I don't know about him. I know about the boots cootin' boogie and don't break my heart. <laughs> breaky, breaky some heart. good old Billy Ray who, oh, Billy Ray going through some things right now. I do love me some Cyrus family. <laughs> Point blank period. Anyways, back uh, to the story. Anyways, yes, back to, to Lorena. So, like I said, she had started, like, once she moved to New York, she got her her surgery done that she was hoping for and that and then she started doing different balls and competitions and stuff and then you know she was still modeling and everything and she you know wasn't just work focused she also was you know looking for what all of us are wanting some companionship and so she wasn't a stranger to picking up people and bringing them back to her place she was described and i will have to show you a picture she's beautiful but she was described as a curvaceous and very friendly 25 year old so i mean I feel like she would have no problem picking up anybody, whether they knew she was trans or not. And she lived in a very gritty Brooklyn neighborhood. And everybody like from that neighborhood said they remember her. And she was always getting glances her way in that. So, I mean... I mean, if you're growing up in, if you know anything about Brooklyn, you know that they, they some tough people. So if you getting glances your way in Brooklyn, you know, you're beautiful. <laughs> but like I said, she was known to invite men to visit her apartment. And on May 11th, 
2012, she brought back two men to her apartment at 43rd Foreman Avenue. Sorry. 43 Furman Avenue in Bushwick in the like early Friday night or late or I guess late Friday night, early Saturday like time frame. And at about 4 a.m., a fire broke out in the apartment. And someone who was passing by saw the fire and ran into the building. So, obviously, this wasn't one of those ones where you had to buzz be let in. It was something that you could just, like, kind of go into. But they ran in and started knocking on doors to get people, like, up and out of the apartments. And everyone got out except for Lorena. Firefighters and police from the 83rd Precinct arrived at the scene and the blaze was extinguished by 437. So it's like maybe a whole 40 minutes that this fire was going. And Lorena was discovered unconscious and unresponsive, according to police, and firefighters pronounced her dead at the scene. A fire department spokesman, James Long, said the firefighters used thermal imaging equipment and found her body on a bed. Which, knowing the details, I know you could easily say, like, oh, she was just a heavy sleeper in that. But the details, like, that are from, like, the different articles in that I found... She had to have either been already dead, mostly dead, or restrained in some way to still stay on that bed. The cause of the fire was being investigated, but there was no signs of an accelerant used, and the fire was deemed suspicious. So again, like I said... This was somebody that literally was probably trying to cover up the fact that Lorena was already dead. In a quote-unquote easy way to cover their tracks. Yes. The weird thing to me is the fact that... So, Lorena's roommate's did say that some work was done on the electrical system and that they created holes in around like around the electrical outlets and then they filled them with cardboard so that's like weird because why would you put <laughs> yeah like you're literally asking for a fire an electrical fire yeah but also that's why there are building codes yeah so i feel like that in itself is a little weird. But also... Anytime anything anything flickers, I'm like, Nate? Yeah. Help. Another thing to note is the fact that Lorena, when she had these men over, she was not alone in her apartment. Her roommates were home. And they all got out. But she didn't. But they didn't make sure that she got out. 
Yeah, but I mean, depending and, on like, what I your can... roommate situation is like. Yeah, I've had roommates that don't care if you live or die. Like, but I like, didn't say that. But like, I also feel like that's a little strange because weren't you at least like trying to knock like on the door or something? Well, so I had a roommate my sophomore year of college, and she was older than us. She was placed with us, and like. Even when we tried to talk to her, it was never, like, a good conversation. Um, I never knew if she was home or not. Like, we all had our own rooms, our own bathrooms. I, If we had a fire thing, I would not honestly think to, like, knock on her door and check. But it really depends on your roommate situation. Like, you would definitely check on Logan. I would probably check on the girls across the hall. Like, it just really With depends. the kids? Yeah, it just really... <laughs> I mean, they're the only, they're my only, they're my only neighbors at this point too, though. Yeah. But it just, we were leaving the one day to go do something and she was coming like back from somewhere and she opened the door and I was like, kitties! And she was like, oh, they really like people. And I was just like, kitties. She was like, yes, I really like animals. Yes. I don't give a fuck about you. Give me the kitty. Give me the fluff yeah. ball that I'm looking at. Yeah. <laughs> But all of that to say, like, I, once again, devil's advocate, me. Yeah. It was just, like, it's very strange to me that, like, you could literally be living with someone and you wouldn't even, like, try to be like, are you there? I don't know. I also, like, I mean, the if- fire is in your apartment. I also feel like that's a whole new mindset, too, because you're just, like, survival. Oh my- fight or, fight yeah, or fight. you're like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, so... It's just, it's very weird, and the police did kind of look into that. They did question the roommates and that, and they were just like... It's a big question mark, but yeah. it's not, as I call it, a pink flag. It's a pink flag. It's not a red flag. It's a flag, but it's not like... Yeah. The roommate, like I said, the roommates were questioned and that, and they were like, I, I woke up in the middle of the blaze. The next morning, the cops took us to the precinct, but there was, like, never any follow-up, so, I mean... It's very up in the air, but it's just, it's still, like, a thing that doesn't quite sit right with me. And maybe that's just because I haven't really had roommates that I wouldn't at least be like, hey, (laughs) come on. Yeah. I've always had, like, roommates that, like, maybe we haven't gotten along in the, like, best way, but I would still be like, come on, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, it really just depends on their relationship. Because I've I've only had that one person. Because the rest of our apartment suite, it was three of us that knew each other going into it. And we got paired with her. And she had lived at that unit for years. Like, we came in. She goes, I'm a vet student. Like, don't worry about me. Like, I'm solo. Da, 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 da. Like, if our place caught on fire, I feel like I would still run over and be like, Adrian! Yes. <laughs> but you have a good relationship with Adrian. Like... If it Adrian, was I think like, grab the kitties, let's go. Do you need help? <laughs> she wouldn't need help with her cats. <laughs> Poor Mitt's half blind and whatnot. Be like, Mom <laughs> Somebody help me. Sadie. I just got spayed. <laughs> no. Anyways, the perks of having roommates. Yeah. But yeah, it was just sweet. Like mate. I said, it like Sloan's said, it's kinda like a pink flag. It's one that I'm like, did you That's fishy? 
like, was it a fight or flight like situation? Was it that you had some beef with her? Like what? Like, it's just, it's very strange. And I don't quite understand why you wouldn't have checked on her. But again, I feel like it's one you have to be in the moment to see how that would go. All right. So you have like the roommates, like everybody gets out of the apartments except for Lorena. We find out that the roommates were in the apartment at the time, but they got out, but they apparently didn't check on Lorena, which is either fishy or you're just like, eh, they weren't like super close. Just depends on, I guess, your relationship with past roommates, maybe. Or if you even lived with roommates, if you feel like you would do that. If you have not, I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> uh, I've I've been lucky for the most part. Like, there's only been one roommate that, like, never really got close to. But that was my freshman year when I lived in a four-person, like, room. And I got along with the other two. Yeah. But it worked out for me because the one that we never, like, really, like, got to know, she was rarely there and she shared the side with me. So, like, I basically got a whole place to myself. Yeah. I got kicked out of my house when I was 18 years old. So, yeah. I have definitely had roommates that I did not like just to keep me away from going back home. Yeah. So, you are blessed. Count your blessings. Even if you have been roommates with like a friend, though, I've like had, you know I, that that can go south real quick. Yeah, too. I did have that situation, but I am back to being friends with that person because she <laughs> did come back to me like, "Look, it it was a bad time, and I got caught up in like it was a different friend that me and like our one." like other roommate who was also a friend were both like no we do not like this person like I don't know what you're seeing in this person we don't like them and it took her to lose both of us to then be like and then for her like the person that she like stuck with to like then do something and stab her in the back to then be like oh I fucked up I'm sorry like I apologize (laughs) and we were like yeah we, hope, we didn't want it to come to this, but we also kind of saw it coming to this. And she was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but anyways, roommate situations can be It's, tricky. yeah, it's... Even being married, <laughs> that's a roommate situation, that too. Is, that and can be, yeah. And it's tricky. We're... Like, no matter what, in my opinion, like, living with other people... You find out the true selves, okay? Because you gotta think, even if you think you know your friend, you're not living with them 24-7, so, like, you're not seeing everything. But I've understood this lesson from a way younger age than you did. Like, I learned very young that you don't know people until you live with them. Yeah. Because my parents divorced when I was in, like, second grade. My dad had girlfriends that he would have in and out. My stepdad, like, luckily my stepdad's been in my life for a long time. But even... You you never know people. Yeah. It, like, you see a whole side of people when you actually live with them. 
<laughs> and I like I had brother like my parents were both married before before they married each other and then they family's had the Brady Bunch pretty much except instead of stopping they had two more once they got married so like it's like I have half siblings that I kind of grew up with but like we're in and out of the house so like depending on how often they were there depends on how much like I actually knew them but like I did have brothers that lived there for a good while on that and so like I knew them way better than I knew like other ones and like yeah when you get older and you start like picking up on things you're just like and now like the one is married and I'm like you either changed or she really loves you yeah <laughs> I'm like oh <laughs> but yeah sometimes I think that's what Nate's sister thinks about him <laughs> And yes, I do really love him. Oh, Nate. <laughs> He's oh, a horrible Nate. roommate. <laughs> He's a great husband, he, but a horrible roommate. He tries, <laughs> but he's one of the he he's kinda like one of those ooh squirrel. <laughs> one thousand percent. Take this trash out before you go. All right, put it right there and I'll grab it. He goes to leave. Nate, the trash is still here. Oh, I got distracted. <laughs> I could put it in his hand and he would still leave it behind. <laughs> but I, I love we him love so him. much. We do love our Nate. <laughs> he keeps us grounded because we'll be like, Nate, if this and this happens, this is right. He's like, not necessarily. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? No, yes, I have been married he to humbles him. us. I've been married to him for almost seven years. I've been with him for almost nine years. And I can say without a doubt, I love my husband, but I hate my roommate. <laughs> uh, oh, Nate. If he ever listens to this, he'll be like, damn. No, he'd be like, I agree with that. I agree with that. Quite a while back, we are so fucking off topic, but we're going to keep going. But quite a while back on this podcast, Trish said something like, people don't realize Sloane is married and it's because she does whatever the fuck she wants. And whenever we don't want to do things with her, she makes Nate do it with her. And that's truth. And I told Nate that, (laughs) I've told Nate that a couple of times, but I told him that this week, again, I reminded him and he goes, I mean, she's not wrong. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, the first time he heard it he goes ouch <laughs> the second time he goes i mean meh. and this time he's like it's not wrong he's, he's, he's come to realize that it is the truth though and like uh, without me nathaniel would never leave the house he would be a gamer through and through <laughs> he would go to work and that's it that's what he did whenever we met that was pretty much it and so yeah yeah i'm it's, the reason he gets uh, out of the house it's fine our relationship works recently at work I was talking to a co-worker and I said something like my husband and he goes, wait, you're married? <laughs> and this is a guy with a fiance and a baby. So don't even think this is like him hitting on me, whatever. He goes, you give me single lady vibes like through and through. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I'm really lucky. My husband lets me do whatever I want. And then like, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll sit there and I'll be talking about stuff and people be like, 
that your roommate or is that like your significant other? And I'm like, no, no, that's, that's my roommate. She's just kind of also like, sometimes I feel like she's my wife. <laughs> I mean, when you live with somebody, you're taking care of each other, whether <laughs> yeah. it's, there is a lot of different ways to go into that. And so roommates are a relationship. Yes. They're more than a friend for sure. Yes. You either get along or you don't. You learn to accept each other's uh, downfalls. I was about to say, a lot of people say don't live with your best friends because you will not remain best friends. And, like, that's very true most of the time. But it's not true for everybody as well. Like, there are things I'll bring it up and look like, yeah, I know I do that. You've dealt with it for this long. I'm like, yeah, but I can still complain about it from time to time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's just roommates are. Thank God uh, Logan and Trish are not that normal, like best friends that ruin relationships. Because <laughs> I I would be the kid in the middle of a divorce if that ever happened. So yeah. I'm very thankful that they can live together <laughs> and everything's fine. Because I have lived with my best friends in the past, and I still have one of those best friends to this day. And the other two are not friends of mine at all. One of them, similar to Trish, has contacted me, and that's a whole other thing. But the other one will never. She's a narcissist bitch. And it is what it is. But... Bottom line of this roommate conversation, roommates are difficult, whether you're married or friends or strangers or... Hopefully you get the good end of it. But living with other people is very, very difficult. And even if it's family, like, it it doesn't matter. Living with people is difficult. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But also living by yourself is expensive. Yes. (laughs) So you can't do it most of the time. Yeah. It's going to be interesting if um, <laughs> if it comes down to me having to, <laughs> to live on my own. I'll be like, ah, I need to find a different job or I need to get some side hustle go. Or we can find a four bedroom house. <laughs> hey, hey. Anyways. Anyways. Our case. The case. <laughs> what y'all came here for. Not our chit chat. Yes. So, police were still looking into, like, the cause of the fire, but they had to wait on, like, the fire marshals. But also, they were left with the task of piecing together Lorena's life to try to figure out what may have happened. So, like, it was just kind of like a... I guess up in the air type of thing. It was like, was this homicide? Was this not? Like, was this an unfortunate accident? Like, what? So it, and to this day, it's still an unsolved case. But like, for the longest time, it was like, what do we label this as? Do we label this as an accident? Do we label this as a homicide? Like, what? And... With the help of neighbors, they learned that Lorena was a transgender, and according to Gary Hernandez, who was a neighbor, um, they said that Lorena was very, like, hardworking, she worked as an escort, 
and that like he regularly saw her advertising her service on an adult website. So, I mean, when you open yourself up to the interwebs, you can attract some very shady characters. So, it's very, like, we still don't know to this day, did she pick up these two men that had come back that same night that the fire happened? Did she pick them up? online did she pick them up like just out and about like what did she only pick up one and he brought a friend and then they said oh, okay let's let's go back together like what we don't know anything we just know that the same night of this fire she had two men back at her apartment so he also gary also said that um Lorena was always on her laptop posting ads about herself. So, again, it makes it very hard to kind of, like, track down someone's life and try to get people that might know her because people that are reaching out may not be giving their full names and that. And you just, it it's a lot of groundwork to try to trace back someone to, like, a message sometimes. So. It. Is a very hard thing to do. Especially when you have no. No like no motive. I guess behind like a possible. Murder. Now. In like the articles I read. They all go back to like. Days following the fire. Apparently, where this apartment was, there was a mortuary, like a um, place where you, you took people to get, like, cremated. Very, like, close by, whether it was underneath or, like, in the same, like, kind of block. And apparently a debris pile <laughs> was outside of this mortuary. And it had you know, very, like, colorful items, like, wigs and women's shoes and that, like, in it from the apartment and that, and so it was just, like, it's something that all the articles I, like, read brought up, and I was, like, that, that just feels very, like, personal, because, yeah, I think she's the only one that perished in this fire. Obviously she was different. And then. She's already passed. And then you're going to throw her stuff. That signifies that she's different. Just out on the curb. Like nothing happened. It's just. it. To me it was very. I was like that's so sad. So, as I said, the two men that had been visiting her that night, their whereabouts were unknown. They still have not, as far as I know, have never been tracked down to this day. And I feel like if they could only find them, that would give so much more information, possibly. Someone did say that they saw two men arguing outside of the building at the time of the fire. So it 
like I said, again, possibly it could be those two men arguing about, like, what happened? Do they go and, like, pull her out? Do they, like, just let her burn? Like, what? Like, you have... We have no idea if it was just, like, two random people arguing if it was those two guys. Like, we don't know. But it's just, it's just, like... It's very coincidental. Yes. And suspicious. So... Lorena's death was eventually ruled a homicide. And the NYPD discovered that she suffocated in her apartment. And then the apartment was set on fire. So again, it was whoever was there trying to cover up. We don't know if it was those two men. We don't know if it was the roommates. There has never really been a true follow-up. To figure out what exactly happened. And I don't want to say it. But also I feel like it's because. She was a minority. Not only was she Hispanic. She was transgender. Right. Someone that is very easy. To sweep under the rug. And just move on. Because you know. That. Especially back then, this was 2012, this was before you have the movement that there was today, it was not something that was going to be picked up by, like, media. It might be picked up by some, but it wasn't going to be pushed across the nation. Oh. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> what you drink that was? If that was that one or that <laughs> I don't know if that picked up on the microphone. One of the drinks sizzled. That was weird. It sounded like pop rocks dropping. Yes, and that's why I'm like, but like neither one of them had like anything move. So that's why I was like, what the hell? So friends and family were tormented by the lack of closure in this case. They still are. Like I said, it's something that's still an open case. So, it's just, it's heartbreaking that something from 2012 is still unknown. But one member of the House of Extravaganza said that her death brings back memories of the death of a House member named Venus, whose death was during the Paris' burning shooting. And they said that, you know, there's a history in the transgender community. And I mean, it. we are still seeing it today. I mean, we brought up the whole Bud Light controversy. I mean, you see it in legislation today. People bring up drag queen-like stuff. And, Texas. Yes. Trying to ban it, saying that they're the problem. But yet, you see multiple news articles come out. Not a single one is a drag queen. Not a single one. But they are the ones we should be worried about. If I'm in a room of drag queens, I'm going to feel safe as fuck. If I'm in a room of Christians, I'm going to have my eyes peeled because somebody going to do something. And I hate that because... Because they got the right to. Yeah. And I hate saying that because, like, I grew up... Obviously, like, going to church and that, like, that's not abnormal. But, like, 
and I never had to worry about that growing up, but, like, nowadays, like, seeing everything that's coming out and, like, seeing people, like, hearing people firsthand tell me, like, their stories and that, it's like, damn, I've never felt that way going out to, like, a gay bar or anything like that. And go to a gay bar and be like, go ask some random stranger, hey, I have to pee, will you watch my drink? They'll watch it. Nothing gonna happen. I go to a bar. I hope that that bartender I've made friends with because... <laughs> or I got a friend with me that doesn't have to pee and I can be like, watch my drink. <laughs> scary world nowadays. It's always been a scary world. It's that we are more aware of the tactics thanks to social media. In my opinion. Because... I feel you like it's definitely gotten worse, though. It, but once again, is that because it's more, like, out front for us to see that information? Because, like, you gotta think 20 years ago, yes, there were still predators. They were in online chat rooms. Yeah. And yes, they were still out in public, too. But, like, predators have learned to adapt and, you know... it. It seems scarier now to me because we have more firsthand experiences being blasted. Yeah. Not just shared, but blasted because TikTok has made that available to us. Other social medias that have been around keep things more localized to you, whereas TikTok can take something with two views and make it worldwide in five seconds. Yeah. It's just, it's. So it's always been a scary world. That's what I'm saying. I just think yeah. that we're more aware of it. It's also very interesting to when you look at like women's and like the LGBTQIA's like communities like perspectives versus like a cis man. Like our friend Jackson, who went to New Orleans, like, our one group, they were walking back to the car and whatnot, and, like, they weren't that far. Like, I could still see them, but I was like, Jackson, you need, you're not planning on staying. You're at a good point right now, and I know you have to work in the morning. You should probably just go ahead and go, because we don't know what else we're going to do. We don't know if we're going to go back to Bourbon or whatnot. Like, we're planning on getting food. It'd be better if you just probably left now and headed back so that you're not tired. You know that you're not drunk. Head back. And so he's like, all right, cool. He's hugged us goodbye and he started walking. And like, it didn't even think to me like, oh, should we walk him back to the car? I was just like, eh, he's fine. Right. Where if like if, one of if it girls. was like, yeah. Like, if it was slowing it, that me going slow and be like, you should probably leave. I'd be like, let's walk you back to your car. It's just so wild <laughs> to, like, sit there and go. And, yes, things happen to men, too. We're not saying Yes, that. but it's just, like, you don't think to worry as much as you would, like, it was a female. Oh, yeah. After we had dinner, we decided we were just going to go back to the hotel. And the whole way back, like, I had my shaver <laughs> out. I had my pepper spray at the ready. And I had my taser out, and I mostly just kept the flashlight on 
not even to like warn people, but just mostly to make sure I didn't set it off on myself at that point. Because that would be something that happened. And so like I had the flashlight on, but I had my finger ready like on the trigger so I could just switch it on real quick. And like literally the whole way back, just steady, ready. Like, and I'm not saying we were inebriated and like blacked out, but like we had been drinking. So I just wanted to be ready. Yeah. So if somebody came up behind me, I could say <laughs> <laughs> something in the balls. <laughs> or the butthole. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is we were ready. I bought all I bought a case of like 12 pepper sprays and I gave them to each one of my girls. And this was way before my birthday, but it's because I am so strongly opinionated that you should be prepared. Even if you don't feel like you should be prepared, you should be prepared. I bought the pepper sprays mostly to protect my dogs while I took them on walks because we were being attacked by dogs off leash. But since I purchased it, I never had an issue with an off off leash dog, but I have had men be very creepy on our walks, which did not which did not happen before I bought the pepper spray. Yeah. Only after. Uh, it's just I guess it's just a way of saying be aware of be your surroundings. Definitely be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> um, Call me Scar. Definitely, even if you're not walking someone back to like their car or whatnot, make them check in with you. I don't care, male, female. Make them check in with you. Make them check in with you when they get home. If they stop somewhere, I don't care. If they're one of those friends that are bad about checking in, me, have their locations. Yes. That was another thing with um, our our friend Jackson, who went to the Death Museum. We <laughs> we were like, damn it, none of us have his location. We Which, need to get his we location. Thought, well, if we had <laughs> thought about it, Facebook does allow you to share locations, but only up to 24 hours is their max time. So we could have done that we're iPhone people. He's an Android person. Yeah. It's still like, we were like, none of us have this location. This would be so much easier if I could just be like, oh, he's here. Right. But yeah. Um, anyways, game back to our case. And said, you have the one member, Venus, who happened to be killed during the documentary Paris is Burning and so I haven't watched that documentary personally but from what I've gathered like it kind of talks about the house of extravaganza and then it kind of starts bleeding into the murder of this transgender member and so like I feel like it kind of if you look at from an outsider or even like an insider, maybe it blends with Lorena's case. And it just shows, I feel like, how much like murders like this get swept under the rug. Because until like, I I forget what I was even searching, the, her name popped up and I was like, I've never heard this case. So, it's just, it's crazy to me. Like I said, sadly, her case is still unsolved today. And, like I said, as we've seen crimes and scrutiny against this community 
still happen today and they're still kind of very low-key unless it gets blown up for some reason. So the best we can say is if you have any information about this case or even cases like this, other members of this community, please reach out. Even the smallest detail could help. It's just, it's devastating not only because it's an unsolved case, but also it's, it's from 2012. I feel like somebody knows something. They're just not saying anything. And it's probably because somebody is embarrassed of the fact that they were with a transgender or they are closeted in some way because of the scrutiny that you face even being associated with the community. But that is our case. Yes, we got some off topic in there, but... It is what it is. I feel like we could definitely find some more cases like this down the road, but it was one that I felt like needed to be shared. And yeah, I guess with that being said, I'll kick you off to our last call. Welcome back to another Last Call with Sloan. Today, I thought we could talk a little bit more about New Orleans because uh, we have not done that enough this episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. So first, New Orleans was the first city in the United States to host opera. I didn't know that. And I know a lot of things about New Orleans. So that's the first I've heard of that. Mm -hmm. Today, New Orleans is well known for its jazz scene. And like, as of today, this Friday starts, or no... This past weekend was I'll the first weekend of Jazz Fest. Weekend. I didn't get that. Could you try it? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Siri. <laughs> but we had planned on going to Jazz Fest. This past weekend, there was Ed Sheeran and motherfucking Lizzo. We were going to go the second we weekend go just because there were more artists. That Mumford we and knew. Sons. Ludacris. I was say, I'm Neo. so upset about Luda. Neo. Yes. Like, we wanted to see Lizzo in that, but like... Dead and Company, which is John Mayer, featuring like, some of the members of Grateful Dead and I'm some other saying, people. I've never been a John Mayer fan, but... <laughs> Slow dancing and yeah. burning room. Yes. Anyway. Jazz Fest, definitely something to look at like every year because it's not just jazz musicians it's well and just like every other festival festival it's becoming more mainstream so they're getting more and more mainstream artists when i went forever ago pearl jam it was like 2010 and pearl jam was their headliner yeah. like that's what it was and now they're building up to lizzo Ugh. We'll love and Mumford and Sons and like Mumford and Sons they said they weren't going to come back together and now they're together for this one tour they Ooh. said we were going to go but again at the time of like the tickets were like kind of Dubai that was not a good financial point well, for either of us and at this point we still it, it just it 
it was way too much money. We couldn't afford it this year. Hopefully next year we can do that or hang out fest or something. Rush. Anyways, <laughs> so like I was saying, we were talking about opera, not jazz. I mean, I mentioned jazz. But, uh, few people know that in 1796, the Crescent City became the first place in the United States to document an opera performance. Locals were, tre- were treated to a performance of Sylvain dating back to 1770. It wasn't long before the city became known as the opera capital of North America, which is not what I know. I was going to say, not at all. Number two, NOLA is home to the most historic districts of any U.S. city. And I firmly believe, believe, yes, firmly believe you can still see the Spanish and the French architecture in the buildings and the streets and the culture like we, we were walking around and there was a tour being done in French. Yes. It was. And then I love the cathedral at Jackson Square. That is always one of my go-to like picture spots. I'm just saying. It's one of my go-to. I always snap a picture when we're in New Orleans. <laughs> um. All right. So on to the description of this part. It's no su- surprise that NOLA is steeped in fascinating history Just look at the architectural and cultural diversity spanning centuries of growth. In fact, one of the most interesting facts about New Orleans is that the city has more historic districts than any other U.S. city. 21 to be exact. Step back in time as you wander through tree-lined streets of Carrollton, where you might encounter a meandering peacock, or enjoy the best views of the Mississippi River in Algiers Point District. And then, of course, you have the French Quarter. You have the Garden District. You have the, like, there's so much to New Orleans. Yes. I love it. The culture is so rich. And even if you don't, if you're not there to learn, like, historic culture, there's stuff to do, like, the aquarium. There's an insectarium. There's the zoo. I love New Orleans. Yes. When you think New Orleans, most people think Bourbon Street. When I think New Orleans, I think of the rich history that is there three the longest continuous bridge in the world is located here (laughs) it's called the lank pontchartrain causeway i'm so proud that i know how to pronounce that on (laughs) my own because if you're reading it you wouldn't i mean you might i wouldn't It's recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records for being the longest bridge to stretch continuously over water. The causeway spans 23.86 miles over Lake Pontchartrain and has been a notable landmark ever since it was built in 1956. The bridge is so long that motorists have been known to freeze in fear in the middle where they lose sight of land on either side. Babies have even been born on this bridge when their mothers couldn't make it to the hospital on time. Hell no. So, I want, I want to say, I can't remember if the longest, I think it's on the north side, right? I don't remember. I think it's on the north side. I've come in from the west, from the east side and the north side. I can't remember. Both sides are horrible and both sides have a horribly tall (laughs) I don't know. The way we have to come in, there's that stupid, <coughs> tall, like, overpass that you have to go up 
There's one on so the other like, side, too. Yeah, but I'm just saying, the one that we have to take, I always forget about, and then we get there, and we keep going up and up, and I'm like, fuck me, I'm the same level as birds, okay? It feels like you're <laughs> chug-chugging up a roller coaster, too, while you're driving up in your car. You're like, your your engine's just going, ch I don't know. I oh my god, I hate it. And then it like and it makes no sense because it's not like you're going up and then like driving for a little bit and then you go down. It's like you literally go up, you get to like the crest, and then you go down. And I'm like, what the fuck is this for? To let other to let boats pass underneath it yeah. because we have large cargo ships that go underneath it. Um, the original bridges that were built, actually, you had to stop on both sides while they lifted the bridge so the the ships could go under. And now they've just built the other, like, I have been going to New Orleans for so long that I remember them building these bridges. And I remember having to stop. <laughs> like, so it's just very interesting to me to see the changes and all of that. But uh, that's the it's ultimate. Just, it's it's still, I, I do not appreciate that fridge because i'm like i love it uh, and if you're driving into new orleans from either of those sides um on before both sides on lake pontchartrain you can stop at this restaurant called Mid middendorf's middendorf's delicious my grandfather would literally drive us down from jackson just to have fish dinners there <laughs> and then drive us back to jackson mississippi so I'm very fond of the place. Number four, this is what Trish is going to enjoy. The St. Louis Cathedral is the oldest continually operating cathedral in the U.S. On the north side of the French Quarter's Jackson Square, a white triple steepled church gleams in the sunlight. It's just so pretty. It's very beautiful, especially because in front of it, there's the fenced in garden. Yes, it's just it's very French looking in that. And it's just it's so pretty. Mm -hmm. isn't it spanish though it might be but like when you think like you think like um was it palace of like versailles that's like kind of almost what i like picture it could be spanish i, I was that was a legitimate yeah, question i have no idea because new orleans is it's very split so it's like i don't know if that's french or spanish theme but like the fact like with the garden front and it's kind of like it's what i kind of i've never been to france and that is so, the word like it's just what i picture like because i've never been to france and that but like palace of versailles like when they are always like yeah they have the beautiful garden that and i'm like you have this garden you have this like it's just it's very pretty looking mm -hmm. yes before i finish this paragraph from this uh article though when we went for my birthday, we were walking to try to find a bathroom and we hit the cathedral and the line for Cafe du Monde was all the way to the cathedral. It's and I just want to say, I just want to say to anybody that has not been to New Orleans, you can skip Cafe du Monde. It's really not worth it to wait in that line for the quote unquote experience. If you want to try it though, and you don't want to wait in that line, walk down to the mall and there's a Cafe du Monde in there. And you can try your beignets and your coffee. And you can also get beignets at just about any restaurant, especially at brunch time. And a lot of the restaurants do flavored beignets and they're actually worth it. 
Cafe Du Monde at this point is just a tourist trap. Yes. Now, if you're going for the pictures and you want the Cafe Du Monde pictures, by all means, Obviously go. go but and know it's that it's nothing, cash only. Yeah, it's nothing special. Like, you're not getting any better flavored beignets. If you're just going for beignets and coffee, you can find that at any brunch spot. Pretty much, yeah. Without... But the long ass wait. And there's also two lines. The long line that you usually see is for sit down. There's also a line to the right of the restaurant that's takeout only. It's still long, but it's not as long as the sit down. Yes. For me, we were walking up at 830 in the morning and the <laughs> was line was already ridiculous. to the cathedral. And I wanted to tell every person in the line that they could walk down to the mall, get their beignets and be back and still be waiting in line. Yes, it was. It was so just crazy. A New Orleans tip, just 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 a small New Orleans tip. So also, that- there were fucking monks out the ass there trying to get us to take bracelets, and we were like, no, <laughs> like don't every- take, don't take anything from anybody in New Orleans because it's never free. Yeah, it was just it was like we our one friend <laughs> Logan. Who stops for like anybody because that's just her personality and well, whatnot. The one time she She's actually sweet stopped baby. for a good for, was yes, for a good cause. But like we were walking and I literally like, we were heading towards the French market and I literally I turned I was like the monks are out full force. If they try to offer you anything you say no thank you. Keep fucking walking. Don't make eye contact. Just keep walking. And she was like oh, oh, Meanwhile okay. Trish and I are leading the pack with our RBF faces on. <laughs> No. I said, I'm going to get a shirt that says, not friendly, do not approach. <laughs> I told her I have a harness for my dog that already says that if she needs it. Uh, All right, back to the cathedral instead of being deviant <laughs> miscreants. <laughs> this impressive building is the St. Louis Cathedral in the Jackson Square the oldest continually operating cathedral in the U.S., dating all the way back to 1794. My brain cannot even comprehend that. With the famous statue of General Andrew Jackson on his bronze horse in the manicured green courtyard, the St. Louis Cathedral is a remarkable sight. The church still holds mass every week. It sure does, and they have a lot of weddings, too. You can also go, go on tours inside of it. I don't really recommend that per se, but I definitely recommend going to Jackson Square because there are a shit ton of local artists that put their art up and it is phenomenal. There are some great cityscape like things and then just some standard like New Orleans style like artist paintings like it. There are people that will paint you while you're sitting there, but you can also just buy... We did see this one, like, tarot card reader that we said that would be us because she was, like, surrounded by this, like... She built a teepee. Yeah, she built, like, this tent of just, like, umbrellas that were, like, fashioned together that she could hide from the sun. And then she'd pop out when she would, like, kind of hear people. We were like, that would be us. (laughs) And then there were also, like, street performers. Yeah, And there were musicians performing. Jackson Square, you can just go and just be entertained for a long time. Yes. Go find a drink at a bar that you can take to go and then just cruise Jackson Square. Great time. Great way to, like, spend some time for free. But also, if you find something you love, you know it's well worth the money. There's also, like, um, 
there's always at least one. Sometimes there's more than one. There's like these people that will sit there and write poems mm-hmm. for you. And it's, again, it's a neat little New Orleans thing. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. All right. Number five, a pirate helped defend New Orleans during the War of 1812. American pirate Jean Lafitte gained a notori- notori- notorious notoriety. Where am I at? Notoriety. Not only for the goods he and his brother smuggled in and out of New Orleans in the 1800s, but also for the role he played in defending the city from the British during the War of 1812. General Andrew Jackson and his soldiers faced an invasion from the British who were trying to take control of the Mississippi River. Lafitte and his pirate crew fought alongside Jackson in return for pardons for illegal pirate activity and fought valiantly to defend the city. Sounds like Captain Sparrow. But why is the rum gone? (laughs) That would be Captain Sparrow in New Orleans as well. Us going, why is the tequila gone? (laughs) Don't you worry, in New Orleans, the tequila nor the rum will never go dry. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, poker and craps originated in New Orleans. One of the most fun facts about New Orleans, especially for any game lovers, is that the card games craps and poker originated in the city. Poker's French predecessor, Poke, dates back to the 17th century. When French colonists brought the game to New Orleans, English-speaking settlers changed the name to Poker and created the modern features of the game we play today. Craps got its name from the French word for frog, crapaud. Okay. Number seven, Bourbon Street was not named after the liquor. Say what? (laughs) I mean... I can get it because, yeah. Keeping New Orleans' party reputation in mind, it's common to wonder if Bourbon Street was named for the liquor. Unfortunately, this is not the case, but that does not mean there aren't some great bars and pubs in the area. Bourbon Street got its name back in 1718 when the city was founded by Frenchman Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne. His engineer, Adrien de Pagar, was the one to lay out the streets of the city and in doing so named Bourbon Street after the French royal family ruling at the time the House of Bourbon. Bourbon Street may not be named after the liquor, but it's a great jumping off point to discover Nola's cocktail scene. I will say there, I don't think it's, it's definitely not on Bourbon, but we've passed it pretty much every time we've gone to New Orleans. There's this one pub that's supposedly haunted and it's on my list of ones to go to whenever I do go down and do my um, haunted (laughs) theme there because either when we've gone we've only had like a limited time theme (laughs) um no I said it's when I I would love to go like kind of for like a birthday trip but obviously because when my birthday is, it doesn't make sense to really go bourbon because it's probably going to be cold and we're not going to want to walk around. <laughs> but, like, did you like a half birthday thing? I'll walk around bourbon at any point. We can celebrate your uh, birthday a month early. Her The issue with her birthday is it's the week of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said, like, it doesn't make sense to go on my birthday. It, 
it we makes can do sense it a month early late. or a month late. It, it makes sense to do it like a different time and say it's my birthday like trip. Yeah. Um, but like I want to go and do the whole touristy like ghost tours and stuff like that. I want to do the cemetery tours, all that fun stuff. But like there's this one pub that it's very like when you look at it, you go either someone made it look like an old school pub or it's the original and I believe it's the original building they've just kind of kept up with it updated stuff as they need but it's supposedly like haunted and that and I have always wanted to go sounds right up our alley so um I know I've done a haunted tour there before I've never done a cemetery tour my parents have done the cemetery and it was before they took me rude rude but there's definitely a lot to go back and do i have been to new orleans so many times over my lifetime i've grown up in the south in mississippi moved to alabama so like it's always been very close to me and i've been very fortunate for that but there's still so much that i want to do especially like with my could um, do the alligator tour and you just be like fuck these people i'll tell you about it uh, yeah, that's pretty much what happened on the one alligator <laughs> tour I did. Uh, to get into that for a minute, I'm from the Brandon outside of Jackson, Mississippi area. That's where the Ross Barnett, Barnett Reservoir is, if you know what that is. And um, the alligator swamp tour that I went on in New Orleans, every other sentence that came out of that fucker's mouth was the Ross Barnett Reservoir, the Pearl River. And I'm like, I just paid a hundred dollars to come and listen about my backyard. <laughs> we had an instance recently where an alligator was at Dolphin Island Beach, <laughs> and they shut I'm... down the they shut down the whole fucking beach for this shit. And they this didn't bitch, shut down the beach. They put out the flag, purple flag, and they put out a thing saying, you know, be aware the alligator was seen here, and that. And I said, I'm sorry. To me, that means beach closed and i said to me that sounds like my childhood let's go (laughs) i said nah my cousin caught an alligator and threw it back in and named it sloan (laughs) no (laughs) i said no because i know those fuckers move fast in the water okay they do they They might be slow on land but they move fast in the water they do that's what i said nah to me that means beach closed because I ain't trying to outswim an alligator. But if you don't fuck with a gator, they don't fuck with you. I'm good. And then we got into the the debate with Nate on whether that was an alligator or a crocodile. Because it was in saltwater. No, that was me. But I'm just saying, we got into the debate. Because I was like, a crocodile can survive in saltwater. Technically, an alligator does not survive in saltwater. But that does not mean that they haven't evolved, which was what Nate was kind of saying. But anyways... So that is my last call. That is our <laughs> that is our New Orleans trip. Last call. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We truly <laughs> appreciate you. I know this was all very off topic, a lot of it, but it's been a while. It's been off the wall, but uh, yeah. Anyways, thanks for hanging out with us today. We do have uh, social medias. They are. But if you want to follow, <laughs> we have Facebook. They're a little behind, yes. All of them. <laughs> There's Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. 
They are all at Tequila She Wrote. You can also email us if you'd like. We have that's at tequila she wrote at gmail.com. We also have our Patreon, which again is it's very behind. Is behind. I need to get on it. I I do apologize. Please. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but if you want to catch us there, you'll get ad-free episodes. You'll also get some bonus episodes. Look, all I'm saying is that life is very stressful in general. Yeah. Okay. And I have some things going on right now. Like, <laughs> we all I'm, have things going we on. We all okay. have things going on. I'm barely functioning as an adult. <laughs> I haven't talked about this on here, but like my husband has a spinal injury and that has greatly affected me and my mental health. Like I am the only one that is capable of doing anything in our household. And yeah. I'm the only one that's really working. Trish has a lot of shit going on in her life too. Yes. She also had a back thing going on recently. So all of I this thought to say, my like cat that I've had for like 14 plus years now died this past week. And then he showed up like nothing fucking happened. Like the brat he is. So like that was a whole emotional roller coaster thinking for how many hours that he was dead and then finding out that he's not and now he's missing again. I was like, you it was like a fucker. day and a half. <laughs> it was like a day and a half but that she like, thought he was uh... dead. Yeah. But all that to say, like, I know that everybody has things going on, which is why I hope that y'all can like understand and appreciate <laughs> that we have a lot going on as well. And yeah, like, we still do love doing this. It's just trying to figure out how to do this with everything that yes. life is throwing at us. Like, I was very determined to try to get a case for you this week. And I finally found one that I was like, all right, this has enough that I can pull information and get. Because that is also another thing. I'll be like, I'll find something and there's not enough that I feel like I can make a whole case about. I took a week off of work and I still don't know where my time went. <laughs> but yes, it's it's been a struggle. We do have our socials. Yes, we need to catch them up. We have our Patreon, which easiest way to find us there is by going to patreon.com backslash tequila she wrote. Or you can go to our link tree and you can click on the Patreon thing. It should send you directly there. If it doesn't for some reason, let us know. We'll try to get it fixed for you or direct you however we can. But yeah, basically this this episode's been um, us catching up but also telling you that um, life is hard right now. We are trying our best to keep content coming to you but also don't don't hate us if it's not as consistent. But I guess with that being said, we will see you next time. And Bye. <laughs> oh, thanks for riding on the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot. Beep beep. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>